Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Hey, I'm sure by now you're aware of programmatic ad tech, but what is it exactly? Programmatic advertising, in some ways, is really anytime you're using software and data to make your media buying decisions. We see it in display ads, in CTV, programmatic digital out of home, and of course, audio. And new ad technologies are coming out every day. Actually, what you're hearing right now is a type of programmatic ad, or at least a hybrid. It's not programmatic in the sense that a piece of software is buying this ad right now in a real-time bidding auction, but it is programmatic in the sense that it was bought through a buying platform that matched the advertiser to this podcast. And who is the advertiser? Grapeseed Media. When it comes to the world of programmatic, they're one of the companies that knows the most about the latest advances in all programmatic. Their whole mission is programmatic that lets you play with the giants. They open the door and walk you through the entire programmatic landscape. They're the closest thing possible to an in-house programmatic team without the expense and trouble of an actual in-house team. They're completely tech agnostic, which means they sit on all ad technologies, including emerging ones, like the platform they use to serve this host red ad. If you're curious to take your programmatic further, reach out to them at grapeseedmedia.com. And thank you, Grapeseed Media, for being a sponsor of this podcast. You're listening to a very special episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at film, technology, pop culture, sports sometimes, I guess, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I'm Shannon Miller the managing editor of Creativity, Creator Economy, and DEI. And welcome to a very special Super Bowl-packed episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. Lane, give us some sound effects. Give us some, I don't know, horns, music. Do it. Make it big. Yes, yes, this is a very, very special episode, and we have a litany of guests joining us tonight, starting with the most important to me, the apple of my eye, the cream of my coffee, my co-host, Luz Corona. Luz, hi. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. I'm back. I'm back, kind of. <laughs> Just, Just for, for a moment. moment. Thank you for, for having me back on. <laughs> Just for a very, very special night. We are recording this right after the Super Bowl. So Luz um, is taking just a, a second to debrief and then she's going to go back to her beautiful family and finish out her maternity leave unbothered (laughs) until she officially (laughs) returns but for now i am so glad that you are here with me friend so if you could describe the night in one word how would you describe it um 
chaotic, but I think that's every day with kids. But uh, (laughs) I think it was a fun kind of chaos today because we had Super Bowl game to watch, but most importantly, commercials and Rihanna's performance, which I cannot wait to talk about with you guys. Oh, yeah, we're going to dig into all of that. Um, And I'm sure uh, the Rihanna performance is the is top of mind for our next guest, our producer, Al Manorino. Al, hi. Hello. What's going on? Uh, a lot, a apparently. Lot. Yeah, the, the Super Bowl will do that uh, between Rihanna, the ads, as, as Luz mentioned. And also, there's a game that gets played during. It's crazy. About that. And as a huge, huge Was football there? fan, huge uh, Patrick Mahomes fan and, and the Chiefs. I'm, I'm a Giants fan, but uh, we don't go to the Super Bowl that often. Uh, so I have to root for someone, and I really do love this Chiefs team. Uh, they're so much fun to watch, and it was great to see them win and beat the Eagles and so they could shut up for a little bit. <laughs> you came in real high. I had to. Oh, I feel like you feel some was, kind of way. Yeah. It came through. You know. <laughs> I mean, you brought some levity, but my goodness. Got to balance it out. <laughs> That's good to me. Meanwhile, I'm looking up for my TV as I'm like typing furiously, like, "Oh, are they still doing this? Are they still throwing this ball around?" <laughs> so it's good to have. It's good to have this representation on the show. Thank you, thank you for bringing us back to basics. We are also joined by two of our amazing colleagues. One who, you know, I'd say I miss her, but she never really left, did she? Molly <laughs> Kaylane, hello. <laughs> Back. Thank you. According to Al, I invited myself back on the show. But you know what? <laughs> I am our senior TV reporter, and I write about sports. And last I checked, there was TV and sports. So who else would you have on here? Excuse you're me. Right. That's right. Tell him, Molly. You're right. Also, you're right. You're also, right. Molly is the author of the biggest story of the big game from Adweek tonight. So that's awesome. Excellent. That's great. <laughs> That was a little um, insight from our last guest, Jess Safaris. Hello. Hello. I need no introduction because I already started talking. Um, I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I was really, really grateful that there was some football in between the ads because I got to catch up while live tweeting from the Adweek account. It was great, but I don't know what happened during Jay-Z is responsible for uh, all of the uh, Twitter uh, action happening on the Adweek feed of retweeting my nonsense so thank you jay-z for that and uh yeah no kidding of course our our newsletter as well uh that goes out um after uh, post super bowl so uh lots going on over uh with uh audience engagement actually gala morale was actually on on retweeting duty this evening i was the one live tweeting from the ad week account yeah, so it's a, it's a typically frazzled time for all of staff, but it's an especially frazzled, frazzling time for our audience engagement team um, and our social. So a huge, huge shout out to um, the Adweek team for pumping out so much coverage in a short span of time. I mean, I think we would need a separate episode um, to talk about all of the nuts and bolts of like how this is doable in a night, especially when there are so many surprises happening in, in one night. Um, But we're not going to get into any of that because I don't know where that kind of episode would go. We are just going to talk about the night, the highs, the lows, and, you know, what is next for the Super Bowl? What do we feel like the future of this is? I know we're already talking about the next game and the the last game barely even ended. But, you know, that's what we do here at at Adweek. And you just buckle in and and get ready for the ride. So before we go into all of that, let's look 
um, took a moment to kind of remember the last game. So the last game, um, if you guys recall, the big thing was crypto, 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 crypto. It took up four ads. It made up, um, I believe, a good portion of our best ads list. Um, this year, it's a little bit different. Does anyone have a guess of how many crypto ads showed up in the game this year? Zero? Zero. <laughs> a big fat goose egg. I was going to say negative because of how crypto just is like constantly going down uh-huh, all the time, <laughs> it seems. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was very weird not seeing one, but at the same time, it was like... So great. It was so great. So I can actually speak to like what happened there. Um, Please do. Fox Sports had announced they had the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, they announced in September they were 95% sold out. Um, I'm like, cool. Okay, let's go off. Um, I don't hear from them for almost five months. (laughs) Um, And then I I hear from them last week. They're 100% sold out. Congratulations to them. We're, We're talking ad spots north of $7 million. But when I'm on the phone with them, my first question is, what took so long? Like, what happened here? Um, quote unquote, implosion of crypto. So a brand that will not be named, but starts with F and ends with X, um, blew up and they actually had to sell back some of their spots. Uh, a different brand that was in negotiations, um, after FTX went bankrupt, had to back out. So crypto really kind of actually slowed down Super Bowl ad ad sales when they expected it to be one of the biggest categories seven months ago. Wow. Interesting. I do remember, I feel like um, we confirmed a a sold out slate way earlier last year than we did this year. So it's really interesting to hear like that there was such um, a a very specific reason uh, for the holdup. So thank you once again, FTX, for really throwing a wrench in things. (laughs) I I feel like I said F starts with F, ends with X. I'm not like FX, you're fantastic. You're a great <laughs> I was going to say, uh, FX I'm not everything? targeting you guys. <laughs> not the home of my favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. It's it's interesting to sort of see this like 180 um, happen. And like, because the year goes by so quickly. So it feels like the last game was just like two days ago. So before we were we were talking to Patrick Culp about emerging tech and crypto and how much of a big presence it was going to have and it was poised to have that until everything just kind of fell apart and um and into itself and now it seems like the big um presence was streaming uh what's your what's your stance on that Molly I'm allowed to talk even though I invited myself on <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Give it to us, Molly. Get him, Molly. I have the Slack receipts of you inviting yourself on this podcast, but but go ahead. Okay, I really said I wouldn't say no if you asked me to come on again. Anyway. Um, streaming. Anyway, yes. Streaming, Molly. Um, okay, so last year we saw um, brands like Netflix take out big streaming ads. Um, this year we did see two Netflix co-branded spots, one with General Motors, one with Michelob. Um, I personally really like the 60-minute spot with GM. Um, they put Will Ferrell in uh, every major Netflix show. Um, so, like, you saw him in Bridgerton, Squid Game, Stranger Things. Like, that was enjoyable. Paramount Plus had a 60-second with Sylvester Stallone, where he is climbing his own face as part of Paramount's Mountain of Content campaign, which I enjoyed. But I think, honestly, the streamer that stole the show, and not just from streaming ads, but from ads in general, was Tubi. Yeah. What a world. Yeah. So, like I said, I think that Tubi really did such a good job because – 
So the, these are technically promos, not spots, because Tubi is owned by Fox. Um, and Fox had the Super Bowl this year. But they had three surpri- quote-unquote surprise spots. I knew they were coming because that's my job to know that. Um, but, <laughs> so they, they're actually one of the few brands that didn't pre-release a Super Bowl ad. And like you, we didn't get a teaser. We didn't get anything. So they had a 60 right. second they went during halftime uh, called Rabbit Hole. Um, and I I am shocked my editor let me get away with this because my lead was it's giving Donnie Darko. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, it really did feel Donnie Darko-ish. <laughs> it, did. it really it did. did. So it's like this giant six foot rabbit that is dragging people down. Like um, It was done with uh, the agency Mischief. I I loved it. It was already getting a ton of attention on Twitter. It was It was doing super, super well. People were really enjoying it. Then they had in the second quarter, or, or the sorry, the fourth quarter, um, a surprise ad. And they wanted it to be kind of the most viral moment of the Super Bowl. They wanted it to be like a whole WTF moment. Um, and this is probably the time in the Super Bowl when you reach for your remote and said, what just happened? Um, because they actually mm-hmm. got the two Fox Sports broadcasters on as part of this promo and made you think that you accidentally exited the Super Bowl and went into the 2B interface. Yes! Um, that happened. That is that what happened to me tonight? Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, oh no, I did it again. Like I thought I messed up the cable remote, but it happened to everybody. It was creative. It was a creative spot. Guys, um, wow. And I got everybody really talking. Good. It did a really like I I really enjoyed it. I love kind of stunts like that when they do them well. If they're not great, like you just wasted seven million dollars. Though Fox didn't have to do like yeah. whatever because it was promo, not spot, whatever. Um, and then they had a second, 15-second creative in the fourth quarter as well called Gardner that built off the 60-second that went in half. So three big spots for Tubi. It's their Super Bowl debut. I talked to their CMO. Um, her name's Nicole. She's wonderful. She joined the company in August. And a big part of our conversation was about how she felt like Tubi didn't really have a brand identity. Um, how a lot of their previous ad campaigns had been around what content they have on the platform, but not to be as a platform. So a huge priority for her. And especially like she called, she described this as her coming out, um, like the Super Bowl campaign. So it was like establishing Tubi's brand identity, doing this. And then Tubi and Mischief are going to be working together on a much longer campaign coming up post Super Bowl. In the words of our colleague, Bill Bradley, oh, to be the brand that broke the internet. So in terms of getting spots ahead of time, typically as a journalist that covers this for weeks on end, you prefer to have your um, creative ahead of time so that we can kind of know how to prepare for coverage. This was the one time that I was actually really glad that I didn't see it ahead of time um, was that sort of to be spoof because... I don't think it would have had the same effect. I, I was looking for it all night. We didn't know when it was coming. And when it did finally come, there was this moment of like, is this it? This is, is this it? And the impact of not knowing that it was coming was so satisfying. Mm. I, I actually had to, because the remote was under my thigh. So I was just like, wait, is before I freak <laughs> out. Yes, yeah. okay. This is the thing. This is it. We're we're live. It's it was just so effective and so indicative of why like mischief is at the top of their game. It's because of ridiculous, ridiculous stuff like this. Um, Jay Z, can you speak to the internet impact of that? Oh man, this is this is easily our most popular uh, story so far since um, what twenty twenty. So in three years, which is incredible. Go Molly. 
Um, but immediately it took off. People thought they were um, that somebody had changed the channel. They thought their friends were were messing with everything. the The response was immediate confusion, total chaos. Exactly what mischief was aiming for. It was entertaining and wild and a lot of fun. And it's currently the number seven trend on wow. Twitter right now. Tubi, Tubi. Like, no offense, Tubi, but that <laughs> is unexpected. Yes. That is so, unexpected Shannon, thing. something you just said is, like, how we have seen most of the spots ahead of time. I had seen two of Tubi's three. So I'd seen the 60 and I'd seen the 15. And they told me, I talked with Mischief and with Tubi on Thursday and Friday, and they had told me, we're trying to do this. We don't know if we're going to get approval. The NFL gave them approval this morning. Oh, wow. So Usually, they didn't know if they were going to be able to do this till today. So I actually hadn't seen it. And I asked them, I was like, can you please like send it to me in advance? I won't write about it till it publishes. I just want to be prepped for when it goes. And they were like, no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> usually TV spots like for the weekend from what I remember on agency side um, they have to be like logged in by a certain deadline on Friday right for it to be like in the sense mm-hmm. so that's really risky like well, it's a, I think it's a little yeah. bit different because Fox owns Tubi um, so it mm. is a co-branded it's same company um, but no, it's it. This is la- like I, I don't, I'm not saying it's last minute because obviously that spot was super developed and super ready to go. But it was, are we getting mm-hmm. approval? Wow, yeah. I, I do. I would love to be a fly on the wall in the inbox of all the people that were involved in that conversation this morning. <laughs> so hats off to no, them for getting kidding. the spot in on a Sunday morning. Yeah, no kidding. And then, I mean, that was that easily topped our best ads of the year. Um, now that said. This was a pretty challenging year. I'm not sure um, what the case was. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of disarray with the crypto crash. And I think there was a lot of brands that were just sort of batting down the hatches of what's going to be like an economically tough year. And I don't know if that um, had a bearing on the creative. But I don't know if anyone experienced this. But this, like, last year, I was able to really easily pick, like, 10 maybe even like 15 good ads and this one there was an effort sure we're not downplaying that but it was harder for me to really get a good crop uh, like a good solid crop of of favorites lose what was your perspective You know, I will say, like, I could count on one hand the spots that really stood out to me or, like, got a reaction out of me. Um, And I feel like that's, like, the nostalgia spots, right? Like, we love to see a Breaking Bad reunion, Um, you know, even though some, Mm -hmm. like, half the internet hated it, like, the telling Aaron Paul to let it go. I know I'm not one of those people, but, um, (laughs) uh, and, but then there are also the targeted spots that I felt like really spoke to me was the NFL spot, um, you know, with the flag football and what is the player's name? Mm -hmm. Um, the run with it spot. Oh my gosh, I should know. Uh, but that spoke to me because I am a, I'm a Latina, you know what I mean? And I'm like, wow, this was actually like front and center of a spot. So that, but those are the things that really spoke to me directly. And I think that's what, um, really resonated. And maybe that's why, you know, I could count on one hand, the spots that really stood out. So I don't know what it was for you guys. Yeah. That one landed in the middle of our best ads. It was so fun. It was so um, action forward and it placed like women directly in the center in a way that um, was really refreshing. And I'm hoping that it speaks to sort of the future of the organization that is going to take a concerted effort 
in gender equality and we were going to see some actual changes within there. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping at the end of the day, it's, it's a great spot. And um, it was really nice to have that included. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend. Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. Um, Al, I know that we, you've been on the other end of all of these conversations that we've had about whether or not there's an effectiveness with the parade of uh, celebrities. Does that have an actual brand impact from the consumer side? And I know I I have my opinions about the crop of celebrities this year, um, and I am going to shelve that for a second <laughs> and let you speak. And you let me know. You let me know. Did this year's crop of celebrities work or do you feel like it was just sort of dressing on top of what was like a myth salad? Well, it's funny because we, we were talking earlier about how, you know, last year was like crypto bowl. And this year it's like, well, we're going to have none of that, but we're going to have all of the alcohol possible. And every alcohol spot had <laughs> a, a celebrity uh, attached to it. And I felt like a lot of those just straight up missed uh, the ones that really yeah. did well i mean Luz already mentioned the break bad one we we knew about that for like weeks so it almost feels like months at this point that this was going to happen uh they've been teasing it pop corners have been teasing it for a while um the one that really like stood out to me was again one that we kind of knew about in advance we thought it could maybe be a skit but it was really leaning more towards the, the super bowl uh was the dunkin donuts uh ben affleck uh, starring commercial, but we also knew that J-Lo was going to make an appearance as well. I thought that was just, like, perfect. We all know that uh, Ben has become, like, outside of, like, a pretty well-known and, uh, you know, award-winning director. He's also, like, an internet meme, especially when it comes to his love uh, <laughs> for Duncan. And, you know, I, I think to answer your question more, like, we're always going to get the, ce the celebrity ad spot especially during the super bowl there was way way too many this year i feel um mm. and i feel like brands are still leaning very very heavily into the into the, the celebrity sphere um but the ones that hit hit the ones that didn't definitely didn't um yeah, pepsi had ben stiller and steve martin in two different ads and i thought the the ben stiller one was just like what is this and the and then I was like, oh, it's Steve mm -hmm. Martin. And that's it. Like, I'm yeah. like, I, yeah. tomorrow I will forget that it was Pepsi was involved in it. So, I yeah, it was a little very weird. On that one. 
Yeah, I, I that was not um, a, a hit for me. I think that if you if you enjoy Ben Stiller and enjoy Steve Martin, yeah, then you you really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But the the premise of well, um, celebrities are here to sell you things. Like, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Especially because you yeah. have like this product, you have this Pepsi Zero Sugar, you have a new formula, there's a ton to brag about. You now like are able to sort of have a leg to stand on in terms of this this um, this market because like Coke and uh, Dr. Pepper were like huge heavy hitters in like the Zero Sugar and Diet portfolio. You know, there's a lot to lean on here. Um, it was just kind of weird to be like, let's just have them do what they've been doing for decades and not really steer that towards the product. Um, a, there was a shout out to that I wanted to make to Rakuten for their Clueless spot that I really enjoyed. As a diehard Clueless fan, I really liked the confluence of like old school uh, shopping habits versus new school commerce. I thought that that was very smart. Um, I really liked Alicia Silverstone's <laughs> delivery of who put that there? Cause she still can't drive. <laughs> um, that, that was exciting to me. Um, and they, they, in terms of the full-fledged campaign, the retargeting ag is, is also very good. And it borrows like actual elements from the film. I thought that that was very smart. Everything else aside, I, I get it. You, you have to compete. This is a very competitive, competitive time of year for, for advertisers. We just have to stop going in to like the celebrity thing wholesale and being like, we're going to bank everything on this famous name. Molly, what is your, your take on um, that? I just wanted, first of all, the Alicia Silverstone ad with Rakuten, amazing, incredible, loved it. Um, loved it. I wanna jump back a little bit when you were talking about alcohol brands and in the Super Bowl. Um, so Anheuser, mm. like AB and Bev had a 34 year exclusive alcohol deal with the Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. gave that up earlier this year. So this is the first time a brand other than AB and Bev can advertise alcohol in the Super Bowl. So I think for, with this case is it's a lot of brands figuring it out because they haven't literally been able to do a Super Bowl ad. One I do want to mm-hmm. shout out is uh, Molson Coors. Um, the spot that it was like, is this a Miller Lite ad? Is this a Coors Light ad? And at the end, they're like, joke's on you. It's a Blue Moon ad. Um, so for people that work in advertising like we do, we all know that's under the same brand. Um, so that's really clever. I really enjoyed that. Um, but for like even the casual viewer, if you don't know, that all the all of three of those beer brands are owned by the same major company, you're still gonna be like, this mm-hmm. is a great ad. Like, look at them. They're attacking these other brands. Right. I personally really like that one. But yeah, I just wanted to say that about the alcohol brands in terms of like how we did feel that there were a lot more alcohol brands in the Super Bowl this year and how there were more alcohol commercials. That's why it's because there is no longer like like there's no there's not exclusive. That hold. Yeah. Yeah. Lose, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think no, I agree. And it was really interesting, Molly. I actually read that in your article about like the exclusivity thing. So that was really interesting to keep an eye out. Um, but going back to the celeb thing for a sec, um, I feel like every year there's uh 
a brand, a commercial that shows up and it's like, wow, this brand that we've never heard of just really put all this money into this one spot for the year. Why didn't they spread it out? And this year, I am I have to say it was, I think it's Dexcom. Is that how you say it with Nick Jonas, like as the diabetes yes. management? Like, I was like, what is this? Did you guys really throw all your money into this spot for like the, and this is the platform you decided. I mean, granted, here we are talking about it. So maybe it worked, but it was, it caught my attention, not for like the best reasons and it just felt very felt very random that was the random commercial second year in the row too well mm. well like he's a, a long time because he right. is a diabetic he's in like you know a long time advocate so in, in that sense it makes sense dexcom is is in other like medical aid or medical um or any sort of like healthcare. that is a little bit of an enigma to me because it's like on one hand it's the Super Bowl. You're sort of preparing yourself for really resonant ads, whether it's going to be super dramatic or super comedic, whatever the case, you're kind of preparing for that. So then when you get sort of like a standard, sort of like here is like a medical product or a medical brand, and we just need to convey this information to the people right. that need it. You're like, oh. yeah, you're like, are you going to do like, but at the same time, do you know, as a diabetic myself, do do I need it? Do I need Jonas to <laughs> rappel down a mountain? Yeah. I don't know. I think I just kind of need to know what Dexcom does so I can decide whether or not it yeah. works for me. So it's it's interesting. Like, um, oh goodness, what is the other um ad that is also a bit of an enigma in that sense? Uh, oh god, is it weather? Was it weather tech? Oh, yeah, weather tech. Yes. Thank yeah, you. it felt very serious in tone, right? like information yeah and it's also yeah and it's like obviously something like jameson fleming's um says our managing editor of agencies and brand obviously it must be working if they're coming back every year to spend gobs and gobs right. of money on the spot it's reaching the audience it needs to reach but you know can can we do something can we figure right. something out because it is still just really i don't you know Everyone works hard on that on that spot. I'm sure <laughs> don't want to, to downplay what they do, but it, you forget it as instantly as you see it. So I don't know, Jay Z. Did you have one that really like stuck out well, to you? Well, okay, I, I can go into like the ones that were buzziest aside from the Tubi ad because that probably won on that front. the The second one was probably the Molson Coors um, Blue Moon Surprise. Um, after that, probably Duncan, and then there were three that had well two brands that had that generated probably more attention because of the sheer disdain of the people watching um and one of them was m&ms obviously which had a three-part oh. ad and it just like they had been teasing this for weeks and it was the Woof. least the, the most underwhelming possible conclusion to that saga it just it was wild um and then the the other one was um i mean i, I don't want to you know poo-poo any religion but like the jesus ads were really strange yeah i don't get he gets us i don't get why it's here i don't get listen. yeah I, i'll jump in real quick as again as as jay-z we don't want to poo-poo anyone's religion talk about any of that kind of stuff it just it felt no very way. out of place to get both um a uh, you know the jesus ads or you know whatever and then the scientology ads which i believe they have done before if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think they have done before, but like it just felt out of it felt strange and out of place, especially because it was like I feel like both of them were in like 
really towards like the middle slash end of the game where we're like, like the energy couldn't have been higher in terms of like people actually watching the football game. Like, and then out of nowhere, this comes, these, these couple ads come out of literally out of nowhere. We're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Jesus did they, Jesus has a marketing budget. Yeah. I had no idea. (laughs) That's why I actually, I wanted to ask this question to Molly because um, I know like, Earlier this year during the election, like there was a lot of talk around political advertising and what was allowed on air, right? And like what was allowed, I think they started letting political ads go on Hulu and all that. So I wonder, are there conversations like that around religious ads, Molly? Like are there any kind of like um, barriers? Because I just feel like I never really see religious ads until lately. Yeah, I mean, there's of course conversations about them. I'm not privy to them, but I do hear they happen. Um but honestly, you can run whatever you want and think about it. It's like a fo- it, it's a Fox owned brand, um, so they're gonna do that. Um, I will say the first Jesus spot was I was fine with it. Whatever, run it if you want. Second one gave me like it gave me the ick. If we're being honest, I really did not yeah. enjoy it. Um, but yeah, in terms of like running that, like yeah, Fox can run whatever it wants if they're gonna pay seven million dollars. Like if. Makes if sense. Jesus wants to turn water into wine and spend his $7 million on the Super Bowl ad, like, yeah, they're going to take that ad money. Yeah, it was definitely um, it was definitely a weird one. It was not uh, a direction that I would have gone in if I, if I had had um, the keys to, to that particular car. But uh, I, I think everyone, I think that was probably like one of the more unifying ones. It was like, it was a little bit of a... Uh, a level playing ground for everybody watching. Everyone's like, okay, well, that happened. <laughs> Moving on. And <laughs> we could kind of get back to what we're used to. But having that um, added wrench of like, okay, this is on a Fox network. Of course, you're going to see something um, similar to this does bring some sort of insight to like why this is happening this year of all years. Um, there's definitely a lot that you um, can read up on in terms of the ads that we thought were the best of the game. I definitely recommend going to adweek.com and checking out Adweek's top 10, as well as what we added this year was a regional standout. Some people would argue that regional ads are not Super Bowl ads, but to us, they matter and they are incredible. And we wanted to make sure that we recognized that sector of the Super Bowl because some of the best ads last year were like from Liquid Death and those were regional. And, you know, this year, like, Sam Adams showed up and did some really great stuff. So we have added that to the list. So check that out. Tell us what your favorite ads were, please, um, at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. Um, I'm wondering, because we've been doing this for quite some time. It's been a long day for all of us. I feel like we can end on what is like your hottest take of the Super Bowl. It could be a good hot take. It could be a bad hot take. But just remember, you have to deal with the ramifications after. All right. So me, I will start and say Doritos made um, our list amongst the sort of voting editors. However, um, as I am want to, to do, I did take to Twitter to just deal with sort of my own feelings with it. Um, Doritos did a really great um, ad with Jack Harlow, Missy Elliott, and Elton John. 
and you know Jack Harlow was very funny in it and um, Missy Elliott had a blink and you miss it kind of cameo in that which is wild to me because she's an actual legend and why you would only <laughs> give her like one or two, like one line in what could have been a really good ad Doritos has to figure out what to do with its starring black talent because they kind of did the same thing with Megan Thee Stallion. They relegated her to um, a bird and you would have not have known that that was her if you didn't know the credits. Um, but y'all have to stop <laughs> dragging these incredibly iconic black women out of their houses to give them like barely anything. So that is my big thing. Doritos, please do better and just figure that out because I really want to love your ads with like my whole heart. Um, but at least this was better than last year's. So there is Sweet that. Girl. Lose your turn. Um, I have a lot of thoughts, but um, I think the one thing that, and we haven't touched on this, and this might extend another hour, but I'm going to try to really like make give some <laughs> concise thoughts here. Um, Rihanna's halftime show. More, I want to talk about the visually how stunning it was and it this it felt so different and i feel like it's because it was apple and i was like you know mm. usually with the halftime performances we have like the fireworks the this stage over here and then this stage over yeah. here and this just felt sleek it felt like put together it the camera blocking was incredible um even like the the i know we didn't get to see a close up of the the brand but it was like you know she did do the fenty like a little shout out to fenty by you know putting on makeup mm -hmm. like during the set um and i just i have to give a really big applause to apple tv for kind of coming in you know we had we had been talking about this for the past year when pepsi stepped back and apple stepped in and how it was going to look and it, it felt like the brand was there it really felt like it, the brand imprint was all over the halftime show um pepsi it was real it was great apple is here um and i'm looking forward to what they do next yeah um and also i guess shout out to her next edition, not an album, but baby number yeah. two. Hell, hell of a pregnancy <laughs> announcement. Have you ever seen a more iconic pregnancy announcement than I that? Thought my, I thought my Instagram uh, post was an Oh, yeah, Beyonce. The they are yeah. pretty equal. It's about the same. Yeah. She said on a bigger stage. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Both queens. It's true. Literally both queens. So. Yeah. Anyway. We're not going to pit them Can't against each other. They both did. An incredible, incredible announcement. Al, your turn. Uh, hottest, hottest take, man. Uh, I, I, my hottest take for this year was everyone played it safe. I think, I think, I think everyone outside of Tubi played it incredibly safe for no reason whatsoever. I think this would have been a really great opportunity to do some fun, interesting things. Like if you're going to spend the money to do, you know, either one or multiple Super Bowl ads, like get inspiration from things that worked in the past. Don't do what M&Ms did and just mess up everything. Like what a layup. And I saw Jay-Z, you tweeted that like, one of the most underwhelming responses after like building, you made national news. You were trending on Twitter and that's what you gave us. That was bad. Um, but like, well, I always think of M&Ms, I dare you. Even exactly. the culture warriors didn't care. Exactly. As, as, as Jay-Z yeah. tweeted. But like the, the Tubi thing was very reminiscent of Coinbase, which we absolutely loved and uh, Adweek loved. 
we did on the podcast last year. We, we, we said that was our favorite ad of the year because it was different. It was something that completely caught people off guard, just like Tubi. Uh, the one that always comes to mind for me is the Tide ads uh, with David Harbour. Like that was something that yeah. was so memorable for me. And that's why I love watching the Super Bowl ads is to find ads that I'm going to go back to and watch for years and years to come. I don't have a lot this year. There's not a lot. It's it's a lot of celebrity stuff. It's a lot of a lot of fluff. And, you know, the things that are – the ones that I'm going to go back to are like things like um, – you know the Amazon ad with with the with the cute dogs like that was great or or even the Google one outside of Amy Schumer that was actually pretty solid ad uh yeah i i mean no you know a lot of people uh are not fans of her but like and i think that's why people will not necessarily like love that ad but if you go back it was pretty solid um so yeah i just think people played it really safe this year outside of Tubi want to give them a lot of credit um and there were some fun ones. I have obviously had a great time, but yeah, I wanted to see more fun, daring. So this is like this is the Super Bowl. You should be doing your most creative work possible, not just throw a bunch of slips and hope for the best. Do the work. I, yeah, I feel like um, Google Pixel was is a good example of a brand that capitalized on this moment and did it right in the sense that they. Announce like new product features like this is the time to do that, you know, and create hype around it, you know, and like, I, I don't know that that's why I think it worked well. Like I, I it made me stop. It made me watch and I'm like, oh, that was really cool. Um, And then now, you know, that that's out there, that product feature. Yeah, like it, it's the one time where I felt like, oh, Google can Google phones and, and all that can actually really compete with iPhones. Like these are features that like really really matter the only thing that held me back was the amy schumer of it all because i can't see i wasn't i wasn't wrong but (laughs) you know you were spot on like it's but everything else outside of that like it really did show up and give you something to really work with it really showcased the brand like you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do either if you're not going to showcase the brand you felt you better tell a damn story and it was culturally relevant too because With the music, yeah. they made this super like reference to like a trend that happens on TikTok. Um, I can't get it, like I, I could spend an hour trying to explain it, and I barely understand it. But like I caught it, and I'm like, if I caught it, and I'm an old man, <laughs> younger kids who are watching this will understand this and actually get it, and they will be like, wow, that was really good. And their parents will be like, I don't, what was that? Mm-hmm. So, and Missy Elliott had more of a presence there than the ad that she was going to start in. I think the Amazing. headline we should run with tomorrow is the Amy Schumer of it all. <laughs> I was I was thinking that since ad yeah since sorry since Al commented on the fact that there was no Tide ad this year that that this Super Bowl was meant to tide us over until next year and it was actually just a whole Tide ad ah. the whole thing was a Tide ad. I am sitting next to Jess Safaris right now, and I would like to kick her off this podcast. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be. Uh, <laughs> ooh, yeah. um, There's a headline. Firing on all cylinders. This is it. This is our before, best material. Before I'm you falling kick, asleep. Before you kick me off the podcast, because we are falling asleep, can I share my hot take? Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, you, we, we were teeing up. We were saving Hottest the take best for last. For last. Hottest yep. take. It's actually not even a hot take. It's just my take. Uh, we've talked about Tubi a lot. Like, I think they knocked it out of the freaking park. So we've talked about Tubi. Um, something that I'm, I'm, I'm biased because I am a TV reporter. It's something I pay attention to do. Uh, Peacock Spot, 30 Seconds with Natasha Leone. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's If you haven't seen Poker Face, I love it. It's, it's extremely good. 
the whole premise of the show is that Natasha Lyonne can tell when someone is lying. And the spot, and I am going to swear, I am so sorry in advance, the spot is called Calls Bullshit. Um, because that is a premise of this show, like where she can tell when someone's lying. So she's reacting, quote unquote, mm-hmm. real time to Super Bowl ads. So it's like the M&M's, um, like M&M's people never really left. Yeah, fake. Um, like this ad. Yeah, he's 19. Um, and then it goes yeah, into clever. Peacock's pro- like promo. And then it, and this kid is like, that show looks really good. And Natasha Leon goes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep pretty good that was actually a good one <laughs> that that wasn't nearly as spicy as i was no I just, no but I, you're right you're I, right I molly so good okay like, <laughs> you know you were exceptional i can, I can throw a, spicy, really well. a super spicy take there you go yeah I, okay just to, to to bring it home i've only rewatched one ad like five times and it was a hundred percent the ram erectile dysfunction ad <laughs> yeah I forgot. How did we not mention that? That was such a great one. Wow. I tweeted about that too. <laughs> it's I, so I, good. I totally yeah. forgot to brought that up. Like, I don't know how it didn't make your list, Shannon. That was such a great ad because. <laughs> oh, I know why. Because I'm 30 freaking eight, and I don't need ED jokes. Maybe, maybe, possibly. I feel like we're so grown. Good. We we progress. Beyond boner jokes. I will jokes. never, no. ever <laughs> progress beyond boner jokes. <laughs> but we have to. All right, we're Shout done. And that's it. Thank you, guys. Happy Sunday night. <laughs> we have to. Shout out to David. We have Reiner. to agree though. Th- that copywriting, like that was like Perfect. to have. Yeah, that that copy oh, no. was incredible. Yeah. The copy was fantastic, and the performances were fantastic. I think I just couldn't get past. Like, <laughs> do we need to? Do we need to do this? Do we need it? Now, the fine print was actually very funny. If you have not gone back and read that, it actually does take it up a little bit of a notch for me. I just couldn't get past the fact <laughs> that, like, we're doing an entire ad about what was it? Premature <laughs> What are we doing? It's Super Bowl, baby. I also I don't think that I have ever seen a brand of truck more frequently bearing those those fake testicles than Ram trucks. So it's just awesome. It's awesome that they reach their target. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're called. Tr- they're, Can I commission? They're called you? truck nuts. <laughs> no, this this episode took a dark turn that I didn't know. <laughs> oh. It's time for bed. This guys. is what happens when you broadcast it at Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not recommended. <laughs> Not recommended. Not recommended. Kiddos, um, don't but listen. Yes. <laughs> um, that work was handled by by High Dive, so a huge shout out to you, uh, High Dive and Ram. If anyone's going to handle potty humor well, it, it would be be High Dive. So. Great job. It did not make our list, but it only just barely missed our list. I will say that. We did give it a thumbs up. It, actually, according to our copy, a flash of fun. <laughs> thumbs up. So. Boom, baby. <laughs> it, just, it just couldn't get up enough to make the list. <laughs> Guys, it's time to go we to gotta bed. Go. We got to go to bed. We, we have to it. work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. We, we, I'm going back go. to maternity leave. I, like... I, I need my family. <laughs> yeah. Liz has got to go back to her baby. <laughs> we just got to go back to, to adulthood. I'm so excited that we get to wrap up Super Bowl 57, Super Bowl 2023. What a spectacular showing from the entire 
Adweek crew, thank you so much for all the hard work that everyone has put in to making this even a possibility because it was a struggle, but we did it. We managed it. It's done. We can put it to bed. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that you all are um, ready and geared up for next year because I imagine it will be the best one yet. So a, a huge thank you to all of you, especially Miss Jay-Z <laughs> and Miss Molly K. Helene. Nailed it. I did it. I did yeah. it at 12.22 a.m. <laughs> Al Manorino. Thank you. Thank you for, and for putting up with this. <laughs> <laughs> and the best co-captain in the world, Luz Corona. Thank you so, so much for leaving your actual family to join your work family. I don't family. think Shannon has ever that. wanted to commit a crime more than dealing with this last hour and a half record. <laughs> Actually, I really I enjoyed, enjoyed it too, guys. I, just... I love this. <laughs> oh, God. Have a good night, y'all. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections.